welcome to Yes Mother, a podcast where we cover the A&E show Bates Motel. Today we will be discussing Season 4, Episode 9, Forever. I'm Sue. <laughs> start in the morning and Norma lying in bed alone, running her hand over the pillow next to her, cuts to Romero in the Bates living room drinking coffee and his gun is on the coffee table. <laughs> just love he just sat up all night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Norma comes downstairs and says she would have started the coffee. Romero says he started it a while ago and there should still be some. Norma asks if he slept good and he says no. Norma tells Romero that was the hardest part. Things will be better. He asks how. Norma explains it was the first time the three of them were under the same roof together, and it was bound to be hard on Norman. She says they are through it, the band-aid is ripped off, and they can move past it. Romero says having Norman there isn't the solution. He should be in Pineview. Norma says he is going to Pineview. He had a therapy session that day. Romero says it's not the same. Norma says, I don't know that. I'm not a doctor, neither are you, so you don't know that either. Oh, and the shushing begins. Mm-hmm. And just the defense. Um, yep. <laughs> Romero tells her he is not the guy that is going to tell her what she wants to hear, and she says she doesn't want him to be that guy. Romero says, yeah, "Right." <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I don't want you to be the, the guy, but I do. <laughs> but please tell me it's okay to have Norman here. <laughs> 
<laughs> Romero says he doesn't feel safe leaving her alone with Norman, and she says that is ridiculous, and he is overreacting. Romero doesn't think so, and Norma says, no one know, knows Norman the way I do. We are two parts of the same person. There's no possible way he could ever, ever, in any way hurt me, ever. You're just so wrong. Romero says he hopes so. Romero says he hopes he is, and we hear a door open and close upstairs. Hi, <laughs> right, little. <laughs> she just like shoving it in her face. Uh, yes. <laughs> um. Okay. So th- yeah, that's the scene where I said she might as well just be going shush shush. <laughs> shush yes. <laughs> okay. So here is how I saw it. Um. So, Norma has been in this bubble with, basically there's two bubbles. There's the Norma-Norman bubble that she's lived in a very long time. Mm -hmm. And then Norman went away. And she got a taste for someone else in her life that's steady and helpful and loving and healthy. A healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. And she started to put her guard down, tell him things, and feel safe. Norman comes back, and she was still, when Norman came back, she was still mostly in the Romero bubble. And that's what happened that night with the axe and stuff. Right. Sometime during the night, that bubble burst and she starts panicking. But not in a real panicky way, but her brain starts thinking to herself, okay, I've let my guard down around Romero. I love him. I love Norman. But her whole life, and for the last few years especially, she has been protecting the crap out of Norman for his the bad things he's done and that she suspects that she's been shushing actively and Romero saw a side of Norman she did not want anyone to ever see right and so now she is furiously trying to have him join in her shush (laughs) she's shushing all the bad stuff from Norman so completely and Romero is just like what are you doing are you shushing (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you're doing right now but it's crazy yep I'm not buying it and this is the facts lady and she's I think just through the episode she gets so desperate about the fact that he's not joining in her shush that that's his biggest flaw is he didn't join in her shush and it's creating a downward spiral of desperation that she just gets worse and worse about it. Because that's how she's dealt with it. 
That's how she has dealt with for it years. for a long time. And now and she hasn't she hasn't really had to share that with anyone. Dylan a little bit, you know. But yeah. Dylan's kind of always done his own thing. Right. She hasn't she's gotten a little close to Dylan, but not enough. But and she trusts him in a way that I don't think she could trust Romero. Right. Or hadn't let him yet. No, it's it's crazy. She is crazy. I mean, well, this listen is to the... her words here. I mean, saying that it's ridiculous that he leaving her safe. You just think back of that last night. It's not ridiculous, Norman. She knows it. She knows right. it's not ridiculous. Norman right. threatened to kill her. He chased her around the house with a gun. He actively talked about killing him and her. And she's seen violence, or she knows the violence is there. The fact that she's so desperately worried about Emma's mother's earring means to me that she fully suspects Norman killed her. Yep, totally. And she's just shushing that. And yeah, so she's the thing she's saying is just totally false, and it's crazy. It's crazy, and she ah, uh, it's just so frustrating because she knows you gotta think that she knows he's making sense, that Romero is making sense, right? And, and she just won't have it. She just to me, every word out of Romero's mouth is perfect sense. Uh huh. It's absolutely perfect sense. Because I mean, even that night that he in the timeline of the show, that night that Norman chased her around, it, I don't think it's even been a month yet. No, no. So that is very recent. It's not like Again, oh, that was last year. We've got that great December second timeline. <laughs> right. And it's not Christmas yet. <laughs> right. Twenty days tops. Right. Nineteen, fifteen days. It's been two weeks. It's been probably, my best estimation, a little over two weeks. Yeah, because he was in Pineview for two weeks, and I would say he's been home now. This is what, like day three, you know? Well, first, we're in next night, so that was his first. Well, he got home that night, and then they had a full day, and the end of that full day was the dinner and the axing. That's right. And this is the next morning. Right, that's right. So uh, it's so frustrating. Why can't a day and she... a half he's been home? Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's broken. So yeah, she is. I know. I just she is mentally ill. Also, that's the only. I mean, it sounds kind of harsh, but she's just not a complete full level-headed person because she yeah. has she is crippled by the events that have happened in her life. I know she's a strong woman and everything, but there's another side of it where she has been crippled by it. Right. And she's covered it up with shushing and stuff on top of it to deal with it, but below just below the surface and something like this tells you all you need to know is that she knows for a fact she's wrong. But look how convincing she is. She, you know, we say the shush kind of laughing, but it's what she's, I don't know what the uh, psychological term for it, shush is, but she's doing it. 
<laughs> because I fully believe that she's just totally leaving that out in her mind even. Yeah. Lying, I think lying to herself. Lying to herself. As Denial. she's lying to him. Denial. Yeah. It's just, oh, it's just crazy to me. It's just crazy she's willing to throw all this good stuff that's in her life for the crazy one, <laughs> for the crazy dangerous one. Yeah, but it, it makes it's, some sort of sense. That... It does. Their bond, you know. Yeah, that she's just not healthy enough mentally to do that. Yeah. Wow. She's a product of circumstance. And that's, you know, what I'm going to call it, but <sighs> yeah. it's tragic. It's tragic. It is. And I'll tell you what, it happens across the country all the time. Yeah. How many stories do you hear about, uh, my son would never do that. And, you know, that would never happen. They're not like that. And then, you know. Right. Uh, fast forward to a murder-suicide or a shooting down at a school, take right. a pick, you know? And then they go through the kid's bedroom and it's like, wow, there's a lot of red flags here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? It's, it's like tragic and I don't know. Yeah. But this gave me a lot of those kinds of feelings. I mean, it does. every small yeah. town in America has that story. Maybe not a shooting at a school, but a murder-suicide that you never would have suspected or, you know, but right when you start putting the pieces together, it seems there know, were signs. Yeah. Or there's someone like Romero in the life that his hands are tied. Like I swear something bad's going to happen. Something bad's going to happen. Listen to me, please, please. <laughs> <laughs> and then something bad happens. Every town in America. Yep. <sighs> All right, so next we see Norman in the bathroom taking his pills. He walks out of the bathroom and watches Norman Romero hug and kiss at the front door. The last time I watched this, I was like, that's our last kiss. Oh, it is, huh? Mm -hmm. Romero, too bad it was creepily watched. <laughs> <laughs> too bad the creeper was there. <laughs> Not you, Sean. Not you, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Romero and Norma realize he is watching and they stop and Romero leaves for work. Norman goes down the stairs and Norma says, Alex slept on the couch. <laughs> Norman tells her that's fine and she says she should go up and get dressed or they will be late for therapy. She goes upstairs and Norman stares at the pillow and blankets on the couch. Okay. I've been pondering a long time about why he stared so long at those folded blankets on the couch and I thought, until you said that he sat up all night, made me go, oh, so Norman's thinking she's lying and that he snuck up there and didn't sleep there and it was all a ruse. Mm. So they just put the blankets there to pretend he slept. But hey, you didn't unfold the blankets. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He just had a really weird fugue kind of stare. <laughs> He did. He stared at him for a long time. And, I mean, even if Norma or Romero did unfold the blankets, he could have folded them when he woke up. I mean, right. Which is what I thought he did. But now that you say he sat up all night. I think he sat up all night. 
I think I think you're right. And now I I really do think that Norman thought that she said that and was lying. And that they just like planted those to make it look like he did. Yeah. 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 That's probably why he was staring. I don't know what that does for the story at all, but yeah, it doesn't make sense story-wise to really care about that. But not really. Maybe <laughs> something next episode will make it click. I don't know. Exactly. Just a minute. <laughs> Alright, she's going to finish her pocket food, and then I'm going to put her down on my bed, and she is going to sleep till school. <laughs> I guess we don't have too long before school, but 40 minutes. That's a good nap. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so then we have the opening sequence. Next we see Norman, Norman driving in the Mercedes. She asks if he wants to put the Christmas lights up later that day. He says yes, and she says maybe they can ask Alex to help. Norman says, you're joking. Norman says, okay, I know last night did not go well. <laughs> <laughs> But we can't get caught up in that. And I believe in you, I believe in Alex, and I know this can work. It's going to feel shitty for a little while, but we can live through it. You know... (laughs) (laughs) You know, just think of Alex as someone you can share the burden of your crazy mother. They're going to be best friends, Norma. They're going <laughs> to just don't. talk about you and your craziness and bond. It's oh, going to be great. If only that could be true. No. If only there was even the slightest possibility of that. <laughs> <laughs> There's not, and she knows it. Yep. I love it, but we can't get caught up in that. <laughs> I know last night didn't go well. It's like, I know you brandished an axe at Romero. and <laughs> But let's just put all let's... that under the rug. <laughs> no use dwelling on that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll laugh at it in a few months. Remember that night? Norman almost killed you with an axe. <laughs> Because I think in her mind she believes that there could, that this could be a reality. Absolutely. And it's just so sad. It's so sad that. I mean, I love people that just have these dreams like that. It, it must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> It's ludicrous that Norman's out of the Pine View right now. It's it ludicrous. Really it really is. To everybody but Norma and Norman. Yep. 
everybody. Except maybe some soul bait shippers. Except <laughs> <laughs> <Is that> Daniel. <laughs> Daniel's like, hey, I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to put L's down? Yeah, I guess. Before so. I start the this ones. next this one. <laughs> Sounds good. Hold on. All right. All right. All right. Uh, next, we see Norman with Dr. E, and he is saying his mother barely knows this man, and she just ups and marries him. He says he found out she married him for the insurance to pay for Pineview and asked Dr. E if he knew that. Dr. E says he didn't know that. Norman says it's not exactly normal to marry someone for their insurance. Dr. E says maybe she felt like she had no other choice. Norman says he doesn't think that's it. Norman says the marriage is real. Oh, hello, here's your new dad. Oh, look at the sheriff. Here we are all together, one big happy family. To be fair, she did do that. <laughs> she did. <laughs> Dr. E asks if that would be so bad, and Norman says, yes, it would, because it is not real. It is all about her fear of being alone. And so when I went away and she was alone, the sheriff, ooh, old Alex, he had no problem stepping in. <laughs> I've always had this feeling that he hated me, and now I know why he wanted to be with her. Oh, he couldn't wait for me to get to be locked up in here and pay for it so he could just get to her. Now, I have said all along, this is how it is going to look to Norman. <laughs> yes. Where we I know. don't I don't believe it's true what he's saying, but we totally have thought that this is that's just this is how it's gonna look to him. It's not true at all what he's saying. That no. is not how it went down. Mm -mm. But he's he's a product of Norma, so you could rationalize and rationalize and rationalize with him all you want, and he's going to see it this way because that's how his mind sees it, you know. Mm -hmm. um, you know. He says, oh, let me tell you, though. He has got a big surprise coming when he realized just how difficult she can be and how damaged she really is. Is he talking about still thinking she kills people? Or is this just normal so. stuff? <laughs> I think this is just normal stuff. Okay. Um, normal, like, Norma in a relationship stuff. I think that's yeah. what's re specifically referring to her being with a man. Because it just hasn't gone well. I, I mean... The boyfriend she had, well, there was George, but before that, there was Shelby, and he he ended up a corpse in her bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> so things don't go well for Norma. <laughs> um, George was barely you know, one date, and then yeah, I don't really count him. No. Nah. Then sleeping with her so she could make Norman jealous, <laughs> <laughs> whatever that was. <laughs> Sheesh. <laughs> That's where we do our shishis. Yes. Because <laughs> it's gross. <laughs> Sorry, Daniel. <laughs> Norman stops talking for a minute and then says, 
Everyone sees this part of her that is normal and friendly and happy. But I see what is really there. And I kind of want to stop him there and say, really, do people see her as normal and happy and friendly? (laughs) (laughs) Going to stop you there, Norman. (laughs) You know? (laughs) People that just meet her and they're in the perfect circumstance (laughs) see her as normal, friendly. Yes. (laughs) If you met her... And you only met her for like 30 seconds. Okay, yeah. And circumstances were perfect. (laughs) And circumstances. But I mean, she tells the guy that bumped into her on the sidewalk, screw off your head. She goes to the town meeting and calls the guy a dick, yells at all the ladies. You know, I don't think everyone's perception of her is normal, friendly, and happy. I just don't buy that. (laughs) Anyway. He says, but I see what is really there, that she is frightened and tiny and fragile inside as a baby bird, and that she's lived her whole life that way because she can just be crushed by disappointment. Oh, but she doesn't let anyone else see that but me. He's got no idea what he's got coming for him. What will happen next is that he won't measure up to her standards. She'll start to pass judgment on him. Not like this or that. She'll criticize him, and after a while, he'll leave. He'll run away. He'll be gone. Her heart will be broken, and then it'll be little old me picking up all the broken pieces if I can. I don't agree with that at all. Sorry, Norman. <laughs> um, I, I don't think, I don't see her as someone that just is a tiny, fragile baby bird that gets crushed by disappointment. Do you I don't know either. her disappointments? Her disappointments are not trivial, but they are to him because he doesn't get it. He doesn't know what actually is going on. He doesn't see the world for how it is, which is him being uh, someone that kills people (laughs) and stuff like that. I mean, her, and when has she ever, like, started to just, it's weird, I the relationships she's had to have seen her with could not have been like that. Like she's starting to pass judgment and not liking this or that and criticizing him. See, that's the where is he getting this from? Where is he getting that from? So he was like 16 when he killed his dad. So there's 16 years that she was with the same man. And I refuse to believe that she was just some harpy that criticized and judged him. No, not if he was like a violent. She probably Drunk. stepped on eggshells yeah. around him, you Absolutely. know. Absolutely. So, I don't think it's Sam he's referring to. After that, there was Shelby. As soon as she found out that Shelby was in the sex trade, she didn't go off crying. No, she, she denied was it, pissed. denied it, and she... then she got mad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she wasn't this broken, tiny, fragile bird. You know, and then George just doesn't count. No. Boring professor doesn't count. No. And now there's Romero. So where is he coming from? I don't know. I don't know. I think he when just. When could this have ever happened? Yeah, I. Is he talking about himself? I think so. I really think he's like. She's criticizing me and putting all this stuff on me and judging me, and. I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> it's all her. 
you know that could be it is that he that is how because she i don't know i don't know he says it'll be left for him little old me to pick up the broken pieces the history's not there for that to make any sense to me it's not it's not it's not i would love explained i would the writers I I think it's Norman's percent. I think I don't know. I think he just I think he's afraid that like this relationship Romero is a good one, and he's like projecting something onto it that's not there yeah, or something. You know, or just plain making up what sounds good so the doctor will just listen to him. And, and the doctor will be on his side or something. And be like, look at me. Now I have to pick up all her broken pieces like I always do. Right. Look right. at how normal our relationship is. Because <laughs> that could be something that would happen with like kind of a semi-adult son and his single mother. Right. Exactly. The only thing I can think of is that there were moments during her marriage to his dad that... He probably did have to pick up some broken pieces after nights like what we saw. Sure. You know, but. And perhaps his perception was off being younger. Right. But I. But don't his know. dad didn't run away. You know, he'll run away. He'll be gone, and her heart will be broken. That's not how that ended with right. his his dad. I I don't know what he's doing. It's a it's a puzzler. I really do think he's just projecting this. I think. I think he's afraid that this is a good relationship and he doesn't want her to have, if, if he can't have her like that, Romero can't have her. Hmm. And he wants, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he just sees the world very strangely. Yeah. Makes up stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just at a loss. Same. (laughs) I don't know. It, it, yeah, it could just be something that he is making up. He sees that makes him into the hero. Because she treats him that way. She treats him like he is the only thing at, you know, at the end of the night she can hop into bed with and feel comforted. Right. That right. is true. But none of this that he's saying actually rings true. Right. But when you get down to it, that she's tiny and frightened and fragile, and he's the one that picks up the broken pieces. He makes it sound like he's done that over and over and over again. Yeah. I don't know. Could he be talking about non-romantic relationships? Just people that come and go in her life? Say, Christine? Maybe. Maybe. Because that's kind of, you know, whether she really does that stuff or not, that's kind of, if you put Christine in there. If you, if you substitute it with girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Maybe. And, and it kind of sounds like stuff that maybe is the way either Norma would kind of perceive it or want Norman to perceive it later right. on at the end of the day be like she's this 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 and this and 
Right. Maybe. And then Christine leaves because Norma was a little crazy. Right. And so then Norman picks up the broken pieces. That's a pretty far reach because it seems yeah. like he's obviously talking about relationships yeah. with men, but, you know, yeah, that we could, yeah. <laughs> it could just be relationships in general. I still don't buy it, though. Yeah, I don't either. Okay. We don't have answers to that right now. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we see Norma outside of Pineview making a phone call to Romero. He asks if she's okay, and she says, yeah. Then she says, Alex, please, he's really, he's trying really, really hard. It's going to be fine, I promise. Romero says the goal is to get him better, and having him home is not the best thing for him. She says that he doesn't know that. Romero says to ask the doctor what he thinks is best. Norma says, five minutes of marriage doesn't give you the right to make decisions about my son. Romero says he is not trying to do that. He is trying to shine a light on the truth, whether she sees it or not. Norma says, I hear the judgment in your voice. You're not giving him a chance, and it hurts me. Romero says he is not trying to hurt her. He says it feels like he doesn't want to make room for Norman. Wait, she says it feels like he doesn't want to make room for Norman. And Romero says, that's ludicrous. And Norma says, is it? And Romero says, yes. And we see Norman walking out of Pineview, and Romero and Norma hang up. Oh, this was so frustrating to me. This felt like every person I've seen overreact to something because of the way they perceive something. Mm-hmm. I urge everyone in the world listening to this <laughs> that when someone maybe has a different point of view than you, to think of this scene. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and think... Maybe your perception is screwing you up. Yeah. And maybe what they're trying to say is actually does make sense. And that they're not judging you or trying to hurt you. Yeah. They really honestly do want what's best for you. Because that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. She... You know, you see this on Facebook or something all the time. Someone will make a comment and the other person will fly off the handle because they have an interesting point of view and they perceive things because of their own baggage. We all have our own baggage and things we've lived with and things we've dealt with in the past. And someone can say something and you will perceive it the way you perceive it and take that as truth and gospel and you're done and then that person's done because of your own perceptions yeah and that kind of thing bothers me <laughs> it does it does i think that's one of the things wrong with our society right now i agree i mean honestly really effed up wrong about our <laughs> society right now <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it. This was a really frustrating scene. I was just the so frustrated most of this episode. <laughs> yeah. With her. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. You know, just throwing these accusations. I hear the judgment in your voice. It's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> you know, <laughs> trying to shine a light on it. <laughs> just if she could just put herself back in their bubble for one second and listen to him that way, you know? I know, I know. He's worried. He Norman had been out for less than 24 hours, and he's brandishing an axe and <laughs> being scary. There's a reason to be worried about there that. There is. That and is Norma, disgusting. pile on top of all of these scary things you've heard him say, witnessed yourself, and imagined he probably did. Right. I know. Put your shusher away for one second uh, and listen to reason. Ah. <laughs> but now you she's know, dead. But she's, she, just, she chooses to perceive that Alex is being bossy and trying to say what's best and that just... And choosing to believe that he just wants Norman out of the way so they can be back in their little bubble again. Right. Whether any of that there's a tiny, you know, if Romero was super happy when Norman was in the asylum. <laughs> they <But> both I, were. <laughs> they both were. Let remember, Norma. <laughs> you did all that canning and sewing, and you were happy. You had a taste of like a healthy marriage and yeah, life for just a second, and how it could be, and this poison has it's totally just through the day this poison is just seeping in her mind harder and harder mm-hmm. and she's reacting well, to it the exact she's also just so stubborn yeah. and in her mind norma is norman's fine maybe a little messed up but He's going to see Dr. Edwards three times a week, and he's going to get fixed. We and all so, know that's not enough. We're all with you, Romero. It's not I know, enough. But she's so stubborn because she believes that, and she just can't. She just can't see anyone else's point of view. She can't. Even though the facts I mean, that she has blaring her in the face. I know. Just makes it worse. <laughs> that Emma Earring thing. The Emma's mom Earring thing. <laughs> <laughs> she knows he probably killed her. Remember when she was cutting his hair? Yes. And he talks about smashing Bradley's head with a rock, and she knows from Dylan that Bradley could, that could have actually all happened. Yes. And it most likely did. Yeah, he passed the lie detector, but boy, she thought he had cured, killed Blood Mother Watson. <laughs> and he had had flashbacks that he did. And he tried to convince her he did, and she would have none of it. But boy, was she worried. He was. She was surprised as anyone else that he passed that. Yeah. Lie detector test. It's nuts. It's so frustrating and so so tragic. Okay. So next we see Will, Emma, and Dylan packing, and Emma gives Dylan the coat Norma lent her, and asks if he can take it to her. She pulls the earring the guy is filling in the pit found out of the pocket and gives it to Dylan and says Norma might be missing it and she walks off. Dylan looks at the earring and puts it in his pocket. Boy, I gotta say, if he recognized that earring from that brief glance, <laughs> then 
D. You know, Emma's got a good boy there. He's going to notice every time she changes her hair. <laughs> His powers of observation are amazing. They are amazing. <laughs> it was only yep. after the earring was found and I saw it and I rewatched that first episode that I'm like, she's wearing them. <laughs> I never would have noticed. <laughs> anyway, just got to say that if you're the kind of girl that worries that your husband or boyfriend doesn't notice that you change your hair and you complain about it later. Dylan is not going to be that sort. <laughs> <laughs> he knows. <laughs> he saw her for like two minutes. <laughs> Chairs uh, away so... from each other too. I know. <laughs> they were never like face to face, close, close. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, next we see Norma and Norman driving. Norman asks what's bothering her, and she says nothing. He, still, he says he feels like everything is his fault, and he's ruined everything. I feel that way too, Norman. I feel that way too, Norman. Yes. We all feel that way. You you ruined everything. <laughs> and it is all your fault. <laughs> she says, no, honey, no. You are my whole life. You've always been. Other people are just going to have to understand that. You are my son. Norman says, I am your son, and I always will be. She says, yeah, and holds his hand and kisses it a few times. So here is how I perceive this. She's starting to get really sad about how it just went down with Romero. Mm-hmm. And knows that she's down that path now. And she's overdoing it a little bit, saying... No, honey, you're my whole life. You always have been. <laughs> People are just going to have to understand that. This is how she's coping with what's happening to her relationship with Romero. Yeah. She's overcompensating with Norman, you're my whole life. And people are just going to have to know that because <laughs> they don't seem to. I don't know. She's convincing herself. It's just a weird little world they live in. <laughs> it is. It's weird, and it's been oftentimes quite hilarious to us. <laughs> yes. Often frustrating, sometimes scary, sometimes a little gross. <laughs> a little motorboaty. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Next, we see Rebecca with the DEA agents and her lawyer. Her lawyer says they will give him Bob Paris's murder in change in exchange for no jail time, probation only. The DEA woman says they can't make a deal if she's an accessory. Her lawyer says she's not, and the DEA woman says, but she knows who did it. Rebecca's lawyer says, what if my client were able to prove that the murderer was Sheriff Alex Romero? The DEA woman says, you can give us Romero? Rebecca says, yeah. And the DEA woman asks how, and Rebecca's lawyer says her client is willing to wear a wire. And the DEA woman asks why he would confess to her, and Rebecca tells her that she and Romero have had a long-standing romantic relationship. So why are they all convinced that Bob was murdered? Um. Or even dead? I don't know. And 
Unless during some time when they broke Rebecca last episode that we didn't see, she tells him he was murdered, but she didn't say who yet. But she doesn't even really know. Well, they hid the fact that they suspect Romero. Maybe they found his body. Maybe. That's because, I mean, they don't have a body. They haven't told anybody. They may have a body and they just haven't said. Okay. That's all I can think of. What I want to know is, do you think Rebecca's lawyer knows about the $3 million and the key? Because obviously she's told her some stuff. I think she's told her that part of it. For some reason, I think they all know about the $3 million oh, that she really? has. I don't know. I don't. I don't think Okay. I never really thought about that's it. that's going to be Romero's ticket to freedom is not them not knowing about it. So that's what I believe. <laughs> How is that his ticket to freedom? He doesn't have anything to do with that money. It's his ticket to freedom because that is her bargaining chip she doesn't have. If they don't know that the key existed and he gave it to her, which basically solidifies the fact that he murdered Bob, then they don't have anything on him. And she can't say anything because if they don't know about the money, she can still hide it. Right. They may know about it, but I just feel like if they don't know about the money, then they don't know about the key. So that And that is Rebecca's way to say that he killed Bob, is that he showed her, the, that he gave her the key that was on his person. But she doesn't want to give that kind of information up because that implements her a lot. By well, Romero could just be like, what key? I never gave her a key. You know. Romero can accuse her of being a crazy, jealous ex-mistress because he got married. Yeah. So anything she accuses him of, he can just be like, I don't know what she's talking about. I never gave her a key. She got the key herself somehow type thing. True. You know, I'm just thinking of the fact that that's the only thing they would have. Yeah. To me, is that if he had the key. Yeah. And if they believe her. But I, I'd guess there are no fingerprints of his on it. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know. I don't know how this is gonna play out. I don't either. And I frankly. It's it's a fine storyline. I just don't care to spend a lot of time on it. Yeah. In light of everything else that happened. <laughs> True. So, okay. Next, we see Romero sitting in a diner, and Dylan shows up. Romero thanks Dylan for meeting him, and Dylan asks what's going on. Romero says he doesn't think Norman should be out of the institution. Romero says he thinks Norman is dangerous, and he's afraid to leave Norma alone with him. Romero asks if Dylan has ever seen Norman exhibit violent behavior, and Dylan says yes. And says he doesn't think Norman should be home either. Romero says Norman doesn't see it that way, and they may have to get Norman committed. Romero says he can start the legal proceedings to have Norman committed if he has signatures of two family members. Dylan says, you mean you and me. I don't know if I can do that to her. Romero says he is afraid more is going to happen if they don't. Dylan says he will talk to Norman and he leaves. Yep. 
So yeah, I think Romero gets a bad rap for this because I think he was pretty plain in the it could come to. I think so too. I think you're right. I think he was just like planning ahead. Like if it comes to having him committed, do I have Dylan? Is Dylan willing to sign? Yeah, he's desperate. And I believe he fully believes Norman is dangerous and leaving. Okay. Here's how I suspected his night went down. He sat and he's a cop. He's a good cop. And he sat and he put everything together. He's been suspicious. There's been crazy crap, you know, <laughs> chaos swirls around you, Norma, and I don't know why. I think right. he does now. <laughs> I think he's putting everything together. Mm-hmm. And I think he sat and he just long and hard all night and thought about Blair Watson, how it fits together. Yep. Everything. And I think it terrifies him. And he just, he's that, that, he's in that spot where it's like, yeah, I don't really have the right. I did just walk into this family, but I love Norma and I want to protect her. And I don't know how to do that because no one's listening to me. And I, uh, he's, Oh, he's in such a bad situation. He's in such a bad situation. And obviously he is, because, you know, look what happened. And he's got the wrong people surrounding him to deal with this situation. Yeah. He's got unreasonable people. Oh, yeah. And he's in a bad situation, because, yeah, he did just walk into the marriage. He doesn't have a... Yeah, he did get into Norma somewhat, but she mm -hmm. closed that door tightly. And you knew that happened. The second anything went wrong her trust and everything she had in him would just snap shut. Right. Instantly. Instantly. Yeah. Cause I, I'm with you. I don't believe for a second that Romero just wants to get Norman out of the picture so he can just be alone with Norma. No, I, think I don't. Truly, truly believes, truly believes that Norman is dangerous. If anyone watching the show believes that they're ludicrous. Right. That is not what's going on here. Nope. And I think, I think he did. I, you know, there's, when you're a cop and stuff, you just can't believe in that much coincidence. You may not be able to prove it, but you're right. not going to believe in all this crazy crap that's gone down since they moved in, that it's all a coincidence and that Norman's not really super dangerous. Right. Well, and I mean, Norman is 18, so how long would he be in the house anyway? Wouldn't a normal 18-year-old be moving out pretty soon anyway? Right. So yeah. what would be the purpose of, you know? It's not like he's a nine-year-old. Exactly. That's just, no, I'm not even going to dignify that with thinking about that that's possible. Right. <laughs> it's not. So, but yeah, he's in a tough spot. He's in a very tough spot and man, it's getting tougher cuz Norman's shutting him out. Norma is shutting him out and yeah. now he's thinking about ways he can protect her with her shutting him out. And this is one scenario he's come up with and he wants to see if Dylan would be on board with it if he needs to. But he right. knows that's going to be a kiss of death. 
I think he knows that that would be a kiss of death to their relationship right now. But I, I think, think he's he's still willing matters, to do it. Yeah, it matters more to save her if that's what it's going to come to. Right. Yeah. <sighs> I can't and believe all the spills making us have. I know. That is love. I mean, that... Yeah, this may end our relationship, but at least she'll be alive, you know? Mm-hmm. Ugh. Tragic. (laughs) (laughs) Next, we see Dylan pull up to the Bates house. He walks in the house, and Norma is doing laundry. Dylan asks where Norman is, and Norma says he is down at the motel and asks what's wrong. Dylan pulls the earring out and says he found it in the pocket of her coat, and he says Emma was worried she might be missing it. Norma says she is missing it, and Dylan tells her it's not her earring. He says that it's Emma's mother. She was wearing it at the hospital. Norma says, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. I would never wear that. (laughs) Oh, Norma, you're embarrassing yourself. I know. She asks if she can have it, and Dylan says no. Norma walks past him and says, I don't know what your problem is, Dylan. Dylan asks her why she had the earring, and Norma says she found it outside and put it in her pocket, and she starts going up the stairs. Dylan runs up the stairs ahead of her and stops and asks her why she pretended it was hers. Norma says it didn't seem worth explaining and asks him why he is making such a big deal out of it. She goes up the stairs past Dylan and goes into Norman's room. Dylan follows her and says she needs to listen to him, and she says, you're just talking a bunch of nonsense. I don't need to hear it. I have enough going on. It's just a stupid earring. It doesn't mean anything. Dylan grabs the laundry basket and throws it and asks her why she was keeping it and tells her to stop hiding. She says she is not hiding and asks what is wrong with him. Dylan asks why she had the earring in her pocket. She says, I told you why, Dylan. She says, I told you why. Dylan says, stop lying to me. Norma says, what do you want from me? Dylan says, I want you to face the truth that's right in front of us. Norman is sick. Norma says he is seeing a doctor. Dylan says, he shouldn't be out of the institution. He's dangerous. Norma says, you don't know that. Dylan says, I know enough. Norma says, why do you keep doing this? Dylan says, because I'm afraid of what's going to happen, of what's already happened. Norma says, stop being dramatic. You're just inventing all of this. You're making shit up because you're jealous of him. You always have been. They look at each other, and Norma says she is sorry, and Dylan says it's not just him. Dylan tells her Romero thinks Norman should be committed to. Dylan goes down the stairs, and Norma follows him and asks how he knows Romero feels that way. Dylan says he talked to Romero, and he thinks Norman is dangerous and should be committed And he thinks when it comes to Norman, she can't see clearly. Dylan tells her she is so blinded in trying to protect Norman, she can't see what is around her. She says, the two of you are getting together behind my back? Why? What is he going to do about it? Does he want to commit Norman without telling me? Dylan says she should ask him. She says to tell her, and he says to talk to Romero, and Norman screams, Dylan, I'm your mother. Dylan says, you've never been a real mother to me. Never. Look, I've tried okay. And I know you've tried to, and I can't do this anymore. I'm done, Norma. And he goes to leave, and Norma says, Dylan, please give me the earring, please. He just kind of laughs and walks out the door. Dylan walks down the outside stairs, and Norman is in the parking lot. Norma is at the top of the stairs, screaming for Dylan to come back there. Norman asks what is going on, and Dylan hugs him. Dylan says to Norman, Norman, you're not well. You need to check yourself back into Pineview. Please, Mom's never going to do it for you. You have to do it for yourself. Norman says, what are you talking about? 
Norma runs down the stairs and tells Dylan not to say anything to Norman. Dylan hugs Norman again and says goodbye. Norman asks what is happening. Dylan gets in his truck and drives off while Norma and Norman watch him. Okay, so another frustrating scene. (laughs) Yeah, and just... So sad. I hated seeing Dylan and Norma, like, back at the beginning, you know? I hate it, especially in light of the fact that this is their last... Oh, I know, I know. It's horrible. It is. It's it's really horrible. Do you think Dylan will think it was Norman that killed her? Or is he gonna think suicide too? I think Norm I think Dylan will think it was Norman, for okay. sure. I think anyone who like intimately knows them is gonna know it's Norman. Right. Right. But I think, like, the state would have a hard time prosecuting him, you know? Oh, yeah. So, I think they're just going to have a hard time proving it, but I think they're going to know in their hearts it was him. Well, it'd be interesting to see, you know, what Dr. Edwards says, his professional opinion. I didn't even think of that. That's, yeah. I've been thinking about Dr. Edwards a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, he was the presiding doctor or whatever yeah it's just uh, it's tragic this was so sad i hated this scene i hated dylan fully realized what was going on she was choosing norman and his sickness over him yep and once she throws that you've always been jealous of him that was a terrible that was a horrible thing to say she apologized right after but but it was the a fact horrible. that she said it. It was horrible. Because if Dylan's been jealous, which I think he has, I think he probably was, you know, it's because she made it that way. She. Oh, well, guess what? He has a right to feel jealous. Yes. I mean, she's his mother, too. And like he said, he's she's never been a real mother to him. It's yeah. been all Norman all the time. And he has, you know, it's not just made up kid stuff that. She likes you better than me. Right. No, this is... She does. She likes you better than him. (laughs) (laughs) And she just confirmed it and chose him and absolutely chose him 100%. Yep. Dylan became the opposing side in her mind easily. You know, it... From when she says, give me the earring, please, instead of, Dylan, let's talk. Exactly. I know. I don't right. want I don't want you to leave like this. You know? Yeah. That's what instead any she normal asked, mother would have said. Yeah. Instead, she asked for the earring to protect Norman. Yeah. And laying her hand out that she believes she needs to protect this earring and not let it be in anyone else's hands, just hers, because her son killed this woman. And and then to go downstairs chasing after him and just having that scowl on her face and that don't you dare say anything. Don't say anything to him. Yeah. Oh, man. That was like mama bear claws out <laughs> for Norman only. I know. And, you know, the thing is, is that it was just an earring found in a parking lot. You know, I mean... Easily could be explained away. 
totally. She, she could have stayed said, there. That she, doesn't mean she died. Exactly. She <laughs> stayed there. Dylan knows that she stayed there. Earrings. Our office gets emails weekly. Some earrings were an earring was found in the hallway. An earring was <laughs> earrings fall out. <laughs> earrings fall out. And you know. That is nothing. That is. She could no... have easily said, "Oh, I found that in the parking lot and put it in my coat pocket, and I haven't worn that coat since." You know. I found I mean, it. I recognized it even as being hers, and I was going to put it in lost and found, and I forgot. Yeah. I love and... how we always lie. We always tell Norma how to lie better than she does. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> Every week, I find myself. This I know. Is a better it... lie, Norma. Come on. <laughs> it makes so much sense if she would have just not freaked out. And instead said, yeah, I was in the parking lot. I saw it. I put it in my coat. I haven't worn that coat since. I've got as many coats as Buffy Summers does. (laughs) Somehow. (laughs) (laughs) More coats than anyone, and she lives in Southern California. (laughs) One of the mysteries of life. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I can wear a different coat every day. (laughs) But... You know, just her acting that way about the earring gives Dylan more reason to be suspicious because now he knows that Norma knows something or suspects something, too. Suspects it enough to care only about having that earring in her hand so there's no evidence. Exactly. When, yeah, a court would not use that. I mean, she stayed... (laughs) She stayed there. She was on the property. There's no court in the world that would even look twice at that. That's nothing. That is that is the definition of circumstantial evidence. Exactly. There's no blood on it. It's not attached to her ear still. <laughs> There's no bloody earlobe. <laughs> then you might have a case. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Instead, it's one of the like most lost things we wear. Exactly, exactly. It's the the phone charger of clothing and accessories. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) One earring. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Oh, just a tragic scene. It's so sad. And, you know, first time watching, you don't realize this is their last Mm -hmm. thing together. And how sad is that to have that your last you know, I mean, oh. it's, I, it's sad. It's heartbreaking. I mean, thinking about I, I can say for a fact that I know the very last thing I said to our mom before she died was that I loved her because it was at your house after Christmas. Yeah, we had lunch with her. We'd had lunch with her, spent the day with her. And then I left to go home, and I hugged her and dad, and of course I would have told mom I loved her. There's no way I didn't. And then she died like three days later. So, and I didn't talk to her in between. And that gives me a good feeling. If if it was something like this, ah, oh, it would kill me. Yeah, I mean, and it's not necessarily even the bad stuff she did. It's... Him knowing that he's worried about her, him trying, I mean, let's talk for just a second about his run and hug to Norman, that desperate Mm -hmm. hug, and then please get help. You know, I thought he was going to, my first watch, when he starts running fast towards him, I thought he was going to be, like, angry. Yeah. He was, like, desperate. I didn't expect a hug. 
you know. And it was so sweet and sad and tragic. And he's going to be, I think, you know, on some level it will be hard that his mom pretty much rejected him the last time they met. But it's, it's. I think it's more going to be, I didn't save you. And I was there and mm-hmm. I could have done more. What What more could I have done? What more could I have done? But it's Norma. I mean, what can you do against a woman like that? Well, that doesn't matter in death. You yeah. can still be asking the questions, what more could I have done? True. Oh, sure, yeah. And I Romero's mean... going to be doing the exact same thing. Yeah. Probably more so. Uh, Romero's going to be kicking himself because, oh, yeah. you know, he was probably at his house and he just went, you know what, I'm going to go talk to her. I know she said she'll never trust me. Yeah, but I still, I said I wasn't going to leave you in the house alone, and I'm worried for you, so I'm just going to come over. (laughs) And if he would have just made that decision maybe an hour or so before. (laughs) Yeah, probably less than that, because Norman Norman was okay. Yeah. It almost feels like minutes. I mean, that he... How did Norman get out of that? And And Norman didn't. I would just say being a younger body had better fight against it or something. Yeah, Not that yeah. Norma's old, but she's probably 20 years older than him, you know. Yeah. Or more. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it was probably just minutes because it was early enough in the night that Romero still like knocked on the door like he expected them to be awake still or something. Even though the house know. is completely the dark. The house was totally dark and I think it's just what you do before you walk in, especially when you're arguing with Yeah, the true. House. <laughs> <laughs> you may have a key, but she wasn't very welcoming. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. By then. True. You'd give them every chance to open up or hear you or not let you in if they choose not to. Yeah. Yeah. It's... I would love to know the timeline of that night. I'd love to know what time Norman did that, what time Romero came. Yeah. How long Norman creepily laid there with his eyes open next to Yeah. It would have been nice if there was like an alarm clock or something on the table that we saw. You know. Just my own... I just would like to know. Own curiosity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess we'll get to that part. Yeah. All right. Next, we see Norm in the kitchen putting things away, and Norman walks in and asks her what just happened. She tells him that Dylan doesn't think he should be home, and Norman asks why. Norma walks toward him. And says, because everyone thinks they know more about you than I do. And she hugs him. She says they're wrong. And Norman says, everyone? Does Alex think this too? Norma says, yeah, I'll handle it. She says she's going to talk to Alex and tells him to stay there until she gets back. He says he can get the Christmas tree lights out and they can start on that tomorrow. She says she would love that. He tells her he loves her and she says she loves him and she leaves. Yep, so still... Another little sentence that's another you want to take issue with. I know. Just everyone thinks they know you better. It's like <laughs> the the tragedy is they don't 
know him better than you, but you shush it. That's the tragedy. <laughs> that's the tragedy. Exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. That you do she, know him best. She does know him best, and she is the least worried about him for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> you have all the answers there, Norma. You're the only one that was there when he was going to shoot you and then shoot himself. Yep. You're the only one he's confessed to all of these. He confessed Blair Watson. Do you remember that day when they were eating the pot roast? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I saw it, Mom. It, I saw it. I did it. I remembered it all. And she's like, eat your pot roast! <laughs> <laughs> she has all the info. She really, truly does. Yep. It's hard to relate to. It's honestly it's, really it's hard to relate to. It's impossible to relate to. We just, we are reasonable people. Right. You know, I think part of her problem is that she just can't admit when she's wrong. Like, she has been told it was wrong to get Norman out of Pineview to bring him home. And I think she just has a hard time with admitting, yeah, you're right. That might have been a bad idea. You know, maybe he wasn't ready. It's interesting because I would not put that kind of a, a trait on a battered wife. Yeah. Normally, I would think they're kind of the opposite. That's kind of been my observation. Mm-hmm. So that is interesting. I think that's just part of her stubbornness is, you know, nope, I made this decision and I'm going to make it, make it right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. She, she comes up with how she sees something and wants to see it. And Mm -hmm. all of a sudden in her mind, that's how it is. And there is no getting around it. Yep. And And there is no talking her out of it. Yeah. Weird. (sighs) Next, we see Romero eating lunch, and Rebecca sits down next to him. He says he thought she was going to Indianapolis. She said she realized it was foolish to try and run. She asks him if he remembers when they first met at Bob's, and he says he does, and she says he better. They went to her place afterward and hardly got any sleep. He says he remembers. So now we know that it started as a one-night stand. (laughs) Yeah. Which is no big surprise. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I honestly thought he had just been seeing her at the bank for a long time, and then they finally just... That's you know what, what I mean? Thought. Yeah. It's like, she's she's the cute bank teller. Yeah. Although she was the manager, but maybe at the time she was the bank teller. And one day they just flirted enough that they wound up having dinner, and then... Yeah. But it sounds like they just met at a party, and... Had Funny, a drink in one Bob's, night. <laughs> Bob's I know. parties because those are interesting. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>, yes. <laughs> Anyways, um, then she asked one thing she never understood was how he and Bob knew each other to begin with. He knew Bob was in the drug trade and Romero was the sheriff, so she never understood how that worked. Romero says Bob Paris was in the drug trade. I didn't know that. <laughs> so he already knows that there's a wire. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you see the look on his face when she just barely started talking? Yes. 
He's like, I see what's going on here. I see what your game is. <laughs> I'm Batman. I'm Batman. <laughs> um, weird, though, that he's like, Bob Paris was in the drug trade. I didn't know that. He's the one that told the DA he was. <laughs> <laughs> so right right away they know he's pulling his leg right <laughs> I, did, I don't know he played this differently than I would have thought he would Mm-hmm. anyway he knows what he's doing I have every confidence in that um Rebecca says is it because you two were friends from when you were kids apparently that didn't matter when you keyboard um apparently that didn't matter when you put a bullet through his head guess what rebecca he didn't put a bullet through his head it was in his throat (laughs) (laughs) you're wrong stupid you don't even know what happened (laughs) (laughs) he got his chest and then his throat right i think he shot him a lot and none of it was in his head i don't think so Uh -uh. closest he got was the throat but the kill shot did seem to be the throat um why did you do it, Alex? Romero says, so how did it go down? Where did the DEA catch you? Was it here? She doesn't say anything, and he asks where the mic is because he wants to make sure he is heard. She points to a place on her blouse, and Romero leans in and says, <laughs> this is to all my friends over at the DEA. I've done nothing but be helpful to you, and it's because of me that you made dozens of arrests and you shut down the drug business in this town. And now you want to come after me? Well, you can all go to hell, all right? And he says, sorry, I couldn't be more help. And he leaves. That was so sweet. (laughs) I know. (laughs) She's so screwed. (laughs) And he's right. I mean, unless they know he killed Bob, which I have a faint thought that they found the body. But if they haven't, they've got... They've got nothing on him. Why are they going after him? I don't know. Because he did. And I said that, was it last podcast? I'm like, he... Called them twice. He called them twice. Yeah. <laughs> he gave them the drug trade. Yeah. And Bob. Yeah. Anyway. So great. It is. And, yeah, she just, she just proved that she was willing to throw him under the bus to save her own ass. Yeah. And she doesn't have a friend in Romero. Nope. <laughs> So, that's done. That bridge is burned. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and now she, because she was only going to get her deal if she got Romero to confess. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she's and done. that will never happen. Oh heck no, no way. So yeah, she's pretty screwed. She's totally screwed. I'm glad. And he never, in the first place, confessed to having to have killed Bob. Anyway, she doesn't even know for uh-uh. a fact that he did. Uh. Uh-uh. She's got nothing on him except he had that key. Yep. It's a stretch, but he could have gotten it another place. She just can't prove that he didn't. Yep. Okay. Uh. Okay. So next we see Romero walk into the police station and the receptionist tells him his wife is in his office. <laughs> I kind of wish we would have seen that scene. They probably wanted her to wait <laughs> like in the waiting room and she was probably like, I'm his wife. <laughs> <laughs> or I don't know. Maybe it was just the wife. 
This is where I wrote in my notes, Alex is having a bad day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He goes into his office and says, hey. And Norma says, how dare you? How dare you go behind my back with my, my own son to try and have Norman taken away from me? Who the hell do you think you are? Romero says, someone who loves you and is worried about you and Norman. She says, that's nice. That's how you frame it in your head. But what it looks like from here is that you are an incredibly presumptuous and arrogant man who thinks he knows what's best for me and my son. He says, wow, I'm sorry you say it that way. It's what it looks like from here, too. (laughs) I know. It's like, it's very interesting that she's the one that goes, oh, so that's how you have it framed in your head. (laughs) I know. You're the queen of, like, framing things in your head. (laughs) You're doing it right now. (laughs) (laughs) Or I should have said, that is not how it looks from here. No. Oi, oi, oi. She says, no one who loves me could ever do this to me. He says, nope, that is where you're wrong. He's dangerous. Norma says, he's my son. You don't think I know if he was dangerous? Romero says, he had an axe in his hand and he wanted to kill me. Norma says, yeah, well, are you dead? (laughs) I knew that was the angle she was going to take. I'm okay. You're okay. Whoopee. (laughs) Oh, I'm alive. You're alive. Whoopee. (laughs) I knew... Because I was, before this episode aired, I was kind of thinking about it all week. Like, how is that conversation going to go uh, when Romero tells Norma about the axe, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, she's going to point out that he didn't get killed, so it's just no big deal, you know? <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what she That's another I'm alive, you're alive, will be. <laughs> Yeah, she says, yeah, well, are you dead? The point is, he didn't. He was angry. He took it out on the shed and on my door. You know you were happy when we were in the bubble, but life isn't a bubble. You know, the second a little reality crept in, and that was it for you. Bam. So much for the stupid bubble. Romero says, spin it however you want, Norma. It doesn't make it the truth. You just can't see clearly here because this is about Norman. She says, yeah, because he's my son. You're going to plant yourself on a mountain like your God and tell me how things work with my son? Wrong. You crossed over a line and you are never crossing back. I will never trust you again. He says, you left me no choice. And she says, and you left me none. And she leaves and Romero throws a bunch of stuff off his desk. Yeah, I'm with you, Romero. Uh, I am standing behind him this entire scene. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Oh. I know. And she's like, the second a little reality crept in, that was it for you. You know, it's like. How can you be that unself-aware? I know. How? How, how, how? I mean, he had an axe. (laughs) He was. (laughs) (laughs) And that's not a little reality creeping in. No. What's a little reality creeping in is. I I don't know. I can't even talk this one out. Yeah. A little reality creeping is like Norman being super obnoxious and petulant and difficult, you know. What Norman did, people can get arrested for. Sure. You know. He was even a cop. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And it's just not fair to throw it at Romero like that because that – 
she's beyond that. She, we can't even say it's not fair because she's so beyond anything realistic going on in her mind right now that you just have to like stare with saucer eyes and be like, oh, okay. And that's all Romero could really do too. It's like, you know what? Spin that however you want. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't make it the truth. Right. <laughs> and that's exact. That is a great theme for the show. Spin that however you want. It doesn't make it the truth. <laughs> yeah. And Ed, he can't see clearly here because this is about Norman. Yeah, I mean, nailed it. That's exactly, I mean, it just, I just can't believe she's willing to throw all this away. For someone she knows is dangerous, she knows. <laughs> yeah, it's really frustrating. <laughs> tragic, again. It's just, it's just tragic. Yeah. But she's damaged. She she can't look rationally and when it concerns Norman. When she got away from him for a little while she could. But now he's back and that spell is cast again and she cannot think rationally. Yeah. <sighs> and she's all in. She is all in. And when she's all in you can't do anything. Oh, she has such tunnel vision. Yeah, you know, well, tunnel vision is a great way to describe it. Uh, it's just got. I feel so bad for Romero because he knows. Yeah. He knows Norma and her saying you've crossed the line and you're never crossing back. He knows it's over. Mm-hmm. And it's not just sad for their love life. It's sad that the fact that he can't protect her now. Mm-hmm, exactly. And Norman's going to have full reign, and he's not going to be able to do anything about it. And that's exactly what happened. Just hours later. Yeah. And then next we see Norman in the attic, messing with the Christmas lights. He looks around and sees the owl he stuffed and picks it up and looks at it. Then he picks up a plastic bag and pulls the stuffed goat out of it. <laughs> the goat that is the not goat. looking too good. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> but we saw the owl. Yep. That was pretty cool. Then he sees a suitcase, and the tag on it says Audrey to Cody. He unzips it and pulls the scarf she was wearing out of it and pulls up a chunk of her hair. That was gross and weird. That was and so gross. I was wondering if it was like one of those little wiglets, but it was her hair, right? No, it was her hair because I think there was like a chunk of scalp still oh, attached. Geez. Yeah, it was it was gross. He pulls Norman, Norma's robe out of it, and it's really dirty, and he puts it on and looks in the mirror, cuts to Norman burying the suitcase off the side of the house. So, the robe. It was, like, really dirty, right? Yeah, do you think it when he was in the pit? I think so. I'm, I'm, I'm now kind of on board with Audrey's in the pit. Yeah, I think he must have just buried her deep enough. Yep. Yep. You know, Norma really just kind of fished around in there half i mean just yeah probably didn't want to find anything but went down there anyway right you know remember that time norma you were so worried 
You went into the pit <laughs> to look for her. You were terrified of him. Remember that? Because, yeah, there was a lot of... I couldn't tell if it was dirt and blood. It looked like just dirt. It did. But it so, was pretty dark. It, there could have been blood, but yeah. I don't know. I guess there easily could have been no blood. And if he buried her, which it looks heavily implied he did, then why would he have needed to chop her up or anything? Right. Although, right. why was she missing part of her scalp? I don't know. She made it out of the... Did she make it out of the freezer? No. No, he sat we on don't the freezer. Know. That's right. Sat on the freezer. We assume he sat on there till she died. Till she died. Right. But we have no way of knowing that. Yep. I'm pretty sure she's dead now. I'm pretty sure she's dead. Yep. Besides the fact that just, I mean, where would she be right now? Really, honestly. Right. Right. It's been long <laughs> enough. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But yeah, so this is the moment when he puts on that robe where one of two things happened. <laughs> yes, for those that don't listen to the feedback episode, if there is going to be a separate one. Yeah, Emily is on the train that he saw it as a third person thing again, like he's been doing, where he saw Norman, I mean, sorry, saw Norma killing and burying. I, I We both fully agree that he saw the events that happened around yes. her burial and all of the stuff that we haven't seen yet. Right. Where we differ is I believe I mostly believe that he saw Norma in the third person and that's, you know, what we see him doing in Psycho. He sees that she killed. Right. And now she, she's just going to need to die because he needs to rid the world of this dangerous woman but he wants to go with her. Because they're both broken, broken, and they're tied together in their hearts, and there's a cord. It's the whole cord thing, and so they're just gonna go together because that's gonna be the best thing we can do. Yep, He's I not believe. Live without her. Yep, I think he put the robe on and remembers doing it himself, and he doesn't want to be put away for it or go to Pineview and he doesn't want anyone else to have Norma and so he decides murder-suicide is the best option. And if I read into Harold's email correctly, Harold is on that train also. Harold's on the same train as I am, yep. So I'm sure we'll get an answer. I think we will. I think we will and we might see what really did happen to Audrey. Where I she, think we all you know? deserve that. I think so. I think it's a big enough thing that I think we should all be able to see that. Um. But we both agree, right, that this is when he made the, the decision to do the murder-suicide. Yes. Yes. Whatever he did see, I feel like we know what we saw, just however he perceived it is either way it gave him the decision for the murder suicide. Yep. <clears throat> Next we see Norman washing his hands and Norma comes home. He asks where she's been. He has been worried. She says, "You are right. It's not going to work with Alex and me." 
and she walks into the kitchen and opens the fridge and stares into it. Norma says, I'm sorry, Mother. Norma says, it's okay. Another day, another dollar. Whatever. Leftovers okay, honey? And she starts breathing hard and crying and sits at the table. Norman comes over to her, and she stands up and hugs him and cries, and he tells her he is sorry. So sad. It is. And you get the idea that Norma left Romero's office and probably just drove around or something. Yeah. Sounds like she was gone for a while. Gone a long time. Yeah. Because she wasn't at Romero's very long, so that would not have been enough time for Norman to get worried. Right. And he knew where she was going. And he had time to bury the suitcase. <laughs> yeah. Digging a hole. That's hard work. <laughs> TV that was doesn't... really deep because he buried it like straight up, not lying down. So he dug a deep hole, and that's going to be a fresh hole. I think Romero's going to find that suitcase. Mm. That, you know, what's this? <laughs> you know? Does he, he doesn't know anything about this storyline, does he? I don't think so. Not even a whisper of Not it. Not even a whisper of it, right. No. He barely knows Emma had a mom. <laughs> he barely knows Emma. <laughs> Let alone her mom. <laughs> yep. He knew enough to be quite warm and fuzzy about Dylan and Emma together. That's true. But yeah, he stayed yeah. at he stayed at the hotel for a long time. Oh, that's right. Season. So he would have gotten to know Emma. That's right. I forgot he was there for like three months or so. So plus the small town thing. Yep. Yeah. But more than that, he stayed yeah. at the hotel. But yeah, he doesn't know one lick about this Audrey story. Right. So that'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Or maybe that was it. Like I've said, I mean Norman Bates has an air about him of. Lots of bodies no one knows about. He does. That's true. He does. Like I said, when they pull up Marion Crane's car at the very end scene of Psycho, I wanted to have one more scene of just like eight of those cars. <laughs> just, just the little, no words, no explanation needed, except the fact that they found that this has happened. I love the thought of this has just been happening through the years so many times. And Marion Crane was no different. Right. Than any other of them. So, I, to me, that's canon to me. Just my Emily's head canon for Psycho. And so the thought of all these bodies, um, Sister to Cody's. <laughs> <laughs> we're from utah <laughs> emily's a mormon <laughs> um, audrey dakoti um no i've just I totally derailed myself. Um, <laughs> Bradley. Yeah, Bradley, Audrey Dakota. I'm okay, too, with all these bodies just never being just found. Never being that's found. that's the mystery of Norman Bates. <laughs> and that's what he does. And that's yeah how it can go down. And then that, for some reason, the Marion Crane, it was because, I guess, someone went looking for her. Her sister and the detective. Mm-hmm. And that just happened to be the time that he gets caught. Yep. No, they could. They. I I just don't think they will. Yeah, I don't either. Dylan's too interested and suspicious. True. 
if Dylan wasn't, I would say there's a really good chance we'll never hear about it again, you know, but yeah. Dylan's too suspicious. Yeah. Um, all right. So next we see Norma writing a note to Alex. It says, dear Alex, I will always love you no matter what. I'm truly sorry. Love Norma. She takes off her wedding ring and folds the note and puts the note and the ring in an envelope and cries. Then she gets... Her stationery looked so elegant and beautiful and expensive. I just <laughs> love that she had that. She just bought that for herself one day. Yep. You can just tell stationery that is really high quality and some that isn't. Just the envelope and mm-hmm. the embossing on it. it I just love that. I just see that absolutely Norma Bates in this day and age would buy a stationery like that just for her. <laughs> I just, just like that touch. Little thank you cards and notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be important to her. Her timeless quality about her. Exactly. So then she goes into bed and Norman comes in. He says he came in to say goodnight, and she tells him to come in. He lies down on the bed next to her, and he says they should move somewhere else. So much has happened. So much has happened there. They have tried their best, and he knows she loves the house, but she can't say it's been a good place for them. She says in some ways it has. He says, then why are we both broken right now, Mother? Why is that, Norman? (laughs) (laughs) I just... It was sad to me that she adds that, that it wasn't all bad, because you know that she is thinking about the growth she had, and mm-hmm. that it wasn't, it wasn't a bad thing. She got close to Dylan. There's Romero, you know. And then, you know, he's just like, why are we both broken? <laughs> why are we both broken? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's your fault. Um, He says, life is hard, but we still have each other, and we will always have each other, and nothing will ever change that, and that's everything. He asked her if she remembers when she wanted to move to Oahu. It was safer because it was an island, and she starts to laugh. She says she remembers, and he says, "Why why don't they go there? She is still laughing and reaches for his hand. She says they have no money. Norman says... Doesn't she have that money of Romero's? (laughs) Oh, yeah, but... I don't know if she feels like that's hers anymore. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't know what happened to that money after that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Except that she used a little of it for fruit and <laughs> curtains. <laughs> and fabric. <laughs> <laughs> um, Norman says they can save up and sell the furniture. It must be worth something. And they can just let the bank have the house. They can go to Oahu and get jobs there and get an apartment and walk on the beach every day and live off macadamia nuts. And she starts laughing and holds his hand. He tells her she loves new beginnings and fresh starts. She says she doesn't think she can start over again. Again, sad. She's. It was different. Mm-hmm. Romero was different. She's thinking of him. I think she is, totally. He's the different factor here. That she's having a hard time joining in on his... His little fantasy. His fantasy that would have been hers a few years ago. It was hers a few years ago. Right. Um, He says that he thinks she can. She will. They will do it together. 
She asks if he is serious, and he says yes. He really wants to do it. She says it sounds crazy, but nice. He says, look at us, mother. We are very charming people. The hospitality business on the island will just swoop us up. I just think we can do anything as long as we are together. She says, we are supposed to be together, aren't we, Norman? Are we? He kisses her hand and says, yes, we are mother forever. They stare at each other, and then she turns over, and Norman spoons her and starts singing a song to her about pearly shells. <laughs> I looked up this song. <laughs> <laughs> um, she falls asleep, and he kisses her on the head and turns off the light, and he lays there awake. Was it like a Don Ho song or something? Yeah, it's... Well, Don Ho did it, and Burl Lives, which is the one I think Norman was singing. Mm. I listened to both, and... Don Ho's, so it's a very traditional Hawaiian song. Well, is it that, because he was, I think I've heard it before. I imagine I have too, because from what I gathered from it, it was, it's, but I've never been to Hawaii. (laughs) Me neither. I bet if you've been to Hawaii, you've heard it for sure. Right. Um, yeah, I think it's probably very traditional at luau's when you go as a tourist to Hawaii, and I think a lot of children's choirs in Hawaii sing it. Mm-hmm. But I listened the Don Ho one. He sings it mostly in either Hawaiian or Japanese. Oh, okay. And Burl Eyes sounded just like Norman. <laughs> and Burl Eyes just screams Norman. Norman. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> <laughs> he is their bread and butter. <laughs> <laughs> Very haunting moment. Oh, yeah. It is. I kind of... I don't know. I like the fact that he was putting, like, these nice thoughts of Hawaii into her head. I think he was doing that on purpose. Like, don't think about Alex. Don't be sad. You know? Mm. Oh, yeah. You're going to die soon. Right. This, you know? I'm just going to fill you with this fantasy... As you go to sleep. As you go to time. sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of sweet. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. It is actually quite sweet. And, you know, if this wasn't such a tragic scene, <laughs> it, his little macadamia nuts and how charming they are, it was cute. It was cute. Out of context. Right. I'm just, I'm, we're at the end of season four. (laughs) (laughs) So I've seen too much and I know too much to make this as cute as it could be as a more naive Emily. Right, right. But as my perceptions have changed, (laughs) I see it differently. But with other perceptions, I can see it as being quite cute. Yeah. And it's a cute thing he did. I mean, just easing her mind, putting her back into fantasy Norma to give her a nice images to go to sleep to, just a fantasy land. Mm-hmm. It's what you would do, you know, it's <laughs> it's what I imagine the parents on the Titanic did, putting their children to bed as a simple sinking. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> Oh, 
that's real. That happened. That happened. Yeah. I... He's doing what he told Dr. Edwards he would be doing, is picking up the pieces, you know? Mm, yeah. Because he was crying and in bed when he came in. Crying about Romero. But Norman doesn't perceive it as his fault. Nope. And on a bigger blanket of perceiving things, is his damage his fault? I mean, look where he, you know, his being raised was <laughs> in an environment that created this. So on some level, it isn't his fault. I don't know. I am. I have... Given, well, given what he has gone through with Dr. Edwards, it is his fault again. Right. Because he knew he was badly damaged and that he's got some major serious mental health issues and then all of a sudden he hears Norma's married and he writes that all off and that doesn't matter anything. The only right. thing that matters now is to get Norma away from this husband. Right. So that is his fault. Yeah, I would have to say, I've got to think that it's like a combination of a natural chemical imbalance he had. Yeah. That being raised the way she raised him just, like, made it worse, you know? And we know that it can be genetic, and we know that her mother was had severe mental that's health. That's right, issues. that's right. We don't really know... We don't have much about what her mother's mental issues were, only that she had them. Yeah, but they easily could have um, done that. Uh, Norman easily could have inherited them. Exactly. And then, you know, not that Norma's the picture of... Mental health. Mental health. <laughs> right. But she seems a lot more a product of circumstance from when she was a child. Right. Well, things like that do skip generations sometimes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. Maybe that's why she's out. Maybe she's recognized that in him for a long time, what her mother had, and that's another thing she's always been trying to protect him from. Yeah, and shushed. And shushed, you know. Or tried to make it so his life was different than her mom's because it sounds like I mean the way she's described her mom a couple times it sounds like she was like catatonic yeah yeah you know I don't know not all the time but yeah she's checked like, out first season just totally like just not there kind of stuff yeah I, I seem to remember her like describing her mom as just being checked out like mm -hmm. like just there but not there so yeah Anywho. Um, okay, so we're just we're just stalling. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and episode done. <laughs> and it Send your feedback to Yes Mother Cast. <laughs> <laughs> Next we see Norma sleeping and Norman is still next to her awake. 
he gets out of bed and leaves the room and closes the door. He goes down to the cellar and rips the caution tape off the old furnace, and he turns on the gas and lights it up. Then the song Mr. Sandman starts playing. The camera takes us through the heating ducts, and we see heat registers closing. Then we see Norman going room to room, closing the registers. He goes upstairs and closes more of them. Then he goes into Norma's room, and she's still asleep. He lies next to her, and the camera pans to under her bed, and we can see that her heat register is open and blowing dust around. Then we see the furnace burning. I feel like that shoot of going through the heating ducts and having them turn off could go down in television history as just one of those haunting moments. Absolutely. It was beautifully one of haunting. The best things I've ever seen on TV. Yeah. It it was amazing. Was so chillingly beautiful and with the music playing in the background and frightening. I just straight up gorgeous. Mhm. And haunting as hell. Yeah, I just loved how we were inside the heating duct and watching them close, and then we're outside and watching Norman do it, and then sometimes you're back inside and watching him come up and close it. That was just amazing. That was amazing. You were the poisonous gas moving ever closer to Norma. Yeah, and how just closing all those registers just Just compressed. Just that noise. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And the light going out and just following it. Wow. Yeah, it was. And it, man, first watch as it was happening, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> I can just see that going down as a famous scene in television history. It should. It deserves it. Yeah. I probably should have looked up who directed that because that was, that was great. Yeah, he did direct it. And I heard that Carrie Aaron wrote the finale. And I think I heard who wrote this one, but I don't remember. I thought it was Carrie and Carlton that wrote this one. Oh, could have been. I thought they might have done both. Yeah. But yeah, that was... It was so beautiful, and the music was so haunting, but it was so terrifying, because I know what was happening, (laughs) you know? Oh, yeah. There, it was... (laughs) <laughs> it was all the feelings. Yeah, it was, you know, we've we've talked about it before. We've pictured it. How is it going to happen? How is he going to kill her? You know, and I always pictured we'd see him, like, making tea or something or, you know. It was never this beautiful. It was never this beautiful. <laughs> oh. You did it again, Bates. Yep. Oh, I love, again, I loved also that transition into the Bates Motel sign. Holy crap, that was cool. Yeah. It turned the furnace fire into the Bates sign, and then Romero drives, and then it pulls out, and Romero pulls up. Yep, that was really cool. So cool. I kind of thought that was the end of the episode. I thought it was just going to go, you know, like how normally you do the creakily creakily light Bates Motel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thought that was how they were ending it, and I was like, because it did go long. It was longer than average episode, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was like 47 minutes, where usually they're like 43, 44. Yeah. So it went a couple minutes longer than they normally do. 
So I, I had been watching the clock because I kept... I, they had said... I mean, there was a lot of buzz about this episode before it happened. We knew something big was going down, and we heard, you're not going to want to miss the last ten minutes. The last ten minutes, you know? Mm -hmm. So I knew we were creeping towards something. I didn't know what. I really honestly didn't know what till happened. I really didn't. Maybe I should have, but I didn't. So I just thought that that was going to be the end, and then... Yeah, when I... Yeah, when I saw the Bates Motel sign, I thought, oh, so they're ending it with the sign like they open it with the sign. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. and then. I totally accepted that as fact. <laughs> I did too. Yeah. It's like, oh, man. Then the camera comes down and there's Romero. And I was like, oh, it's still going. And then I got a really bad feeling. But then, no, I actually, first time I didn't get a bad feeling. I got a, oh, good. There he is. Same. I actually tweeted, where is Batman Romero? <laughs> Oh, and I saw him pull up. I was like, "Sweet, he's gonna yeah. save her." It, it it was only the preceding times where when I saw him, I went, "Oh no, no, no." Yeah. But yeah, I thought he, I fully expected, I till sh till the very end, <laughs> actually, till after the end, I thought she wasn't really dead. Yeah. He was gonna save her. Anyway, okay. He goes up to the house and knocks and yells for Norma. No one answers. He uses his key and lets himself in. He calls for Norma again. He goes upstairs and goes into her room and sees Norma and Norman lying there. He calls her name, then runs over to her and tries to wake her up. I think at that point he starts gasping for his own air. He does. Yeah. He's and like choking so on. He knows something really bad yeah. at that point. I mean, he knew before, but. He's kind of getting it. <laughs> More's coming to him. Yeah. Um, so he grabs a chair and throws it and breaks the window. It was interesting because he takes a few of his own deep breaths and then he like gets a startled look on his face like, oh, I gotta get Norman. <laughs> I know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, come on, Romero. <laughs> come on. Um, so he picks up Norman and takes her into Norman's room. Is that what he does? I thought he took her into the hallway like the landing area was that no, Norman's room? I think it was Norman's room because he opens up the windows in the room yeah they're in a room I can never accept them being in Norman's room I thought it was like some hallway landing area that had windows huh. maybe maybe I just saw windows I, I just figured because yeah, I just figured he ran her. Maybe it is the end of the hallway, like... Because I know there there was two windows. I, I think. Yeah, there were. I think it's a room. It's somewhere. He takes her somewhere. I don't want to watch this scene again. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to for podcast reasons, probably. Well, I don't know if I'm going to use that picture. No way. No way am I using that picture. No. Any of these scenes. No. Nope. Um, so he does CPR on Norma and she doesn't respond he says come on baby and gives her mouth to mouth and still nothing he continues the CPR and Norman starts coughing Romero keeps doing CPR and starts crying and then he stops and holds her head in his hands and sobs Norman looks over at them Romero is still sobbing and hugging Norma and Norman says mother and the episode ends I started yelling at him for giving up right after Norman wakes up. <laughs> I know. Without CPR. Keep going. Like, Call 911. <laughs> he literally did it for like 10 more seconds after Norman wakes up and gives up. What was up with that? 
Wouldn't know. that like drive you to try for like another hour? I would. Yes, you would. Maybe think. not an hour, but at least until paramedics can get there. Yeah. I would have. Yeah. The fact that Norman was able to wake up, I don't know. I was just super surprised. It it seemed like he gave up so literally seconds after Norman woke up. It was weird. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That was so sad. Oh, so sad. Romero's grief was horrible. Oh, and just his, come on, baby. You know. Oh. Oh. And then when he does give up, he kisses her, her face. Yeah. A couple times and then picks her up and sobs. And we all just break our our minds and hearts just die with him oh jeez <laughs> oh, it was so sad so sad so just it's... so the first the first two times I watched it I literally sobbed <laughs> my last time watching it last night I was down to just tear streaming down my face <laughs> I got teary for sure that you can't watch a man breaking down like that. No. Holding his his love, you know. No, no, you no. You I are mean, dead inside. You're if you dead do. inside if that doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> <You know>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just it's heartbreaking. We're broken. I know. <laughs> Moment of silence for Norma. <laughs> I just so, don't know what else to say. It's just... I know. Yeah. That's my what the bip. Just what the bip. I can't believe she's dead. Yes. Yeah, there's a... And it's like Laura said in her feedback, we all knew this was happening. So why am I so shocked? <laughs> I'm shocked because I really honestly did not think they'd go an entire season without her character. Yeah. I'm with you. I I maybe wanted to see all the other stuff because that's a rich part of the backstory of Psycho. Yeah. I mean, rich. But that doesn't mean I thought the show would do it. It, I really thought it'd go the other way and kill her at the end of, like, have it be the penultimate episode of season five. Exactly. And then all of us familiar with Psycho go, oh, and then he's going to stuff her and, you know. Yeah, a quick montage episode. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Through the years. Like, end shot is stuffing. Yeah. Her sitting in the window in the rocking chair or something. So we know he did it, you yeah. know. But they shocked me yeah. by doing it now. They really did. Man. That is ballsy that they did this. <laughs> so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My comfort in my Normaro ship is that they... They did more with it than I thought they would. Mm-hmm. And we had, come on, guys, we had a great run 
It was might have been sort of short. But it couldn't have been anything but short. It wasn't going to last. And what they did give us, I thought, was more than I expected. Yeah. So I'm happy. And we'll always have that. We can always rewatch. You can always rewatch. And we can always shush. This is episode three of the shush episodes. Yeah. Remember how the show really ends? And somewhere there's an alternate reality where she's canning and that he's planting trees in the backyard. We can all live in that fantasy land whenever we need to. But yeah. this story is going to be great. It's it's going to be good. It is. That's the thing. It's like it. I'm really sad she's dead, but I'm like. Man, it's going to make for a really good season five how they play this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, I couldn't. That side of me couldn't be more thrilled. Exactly. That's how it's gone down. <laughs> the worst side of me is just lamenting my sassy Norma's gone. Because head Norma's not as fun at all. Maybe she will become so, but. Yeah. She's just not. She's not the same. She's not the same. And we're, you know, grieving for Romero. That, you know, we oh, yeah. we love and Romero, where, and that's his wife. Yeah, that, that he loves her. You know, that's where most of the grieving for me <clears throat> ever comes in real life and in movies. It's for those left behind. Exactly. Yeah. I grieve somewhat about lost lives, and you know, especially kids that never got to experience stuff but right right mostly i agree for those left behind you think of the parents and the siblings and stuff yeah yeah, yeah. exactly i don't feel bad for norman though no no i don't either but you know he has crossed a line <laughs> he's, he's crossed lines he's not crossing back <laughs> <laughs> yeah but man this is gonna be so hard on dylan and ah. Uh, can't wait to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't wait to see how they do it because I'm I'm at a loss. I'm abs- at a total loss. Hey, I am done predicting anything. I'm <laughs> done. <laughs> We're hanging up our predicting hats. You broke us. <laughs> Are you happy? <laughs> Are you happy, Carrie and Carlton? <laughs> no, I seriously, I cannot even. Begin no. to speculate next no. episode or next season. No. <laughs> a little of next season, but I don't know how they're going to do this. I know. But I have full faith in them that they're going to, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the Norma Bates Memorial Podcast. Mm. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's hard to run to rate. I'm not even going to rate it. It was good. It was sad. It was good. It was tragic. It was frustrating. It was. Made me feel all the feels. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to rate it a 10. Yeah. Because. I thought it was perfectly engaging and I thought they did it well. 
it could it's no less than ten, no way. Well, I'd give it a nine for there not being any chick. <laughs> but then just that scene through the heating duct and the registers closing and stuff that that gave, gave it, it point. extra credit. Yep. <laughs> and just that shot after he lays down in bed and the camera like goes down the stairs and through the kitchen and down to the cellar, that was cool too. Oh, just seeing their whole house. Just yeah. Quietly. Yeah. Um. Sinister is the word that Kinda. comes to mind. Yeah. Yeah. Just that's the creepy psycho house. The world is afraid of this house. Always has been. Yeah. And it did. It gave me that icky feeling when you find out that someone two doors away from not two doors like could be two doors for somebody two blocks away from you poisoned their entire family. Oh yeah. Oh. Their children and the mother drowned the babies in the bathtub and then shot her husband and herself. You know. Oh, I had that. that. Our house in Kearns, you could see the house. It wasn't across the street from us. It was like on another street, but it was up on a hill, so you could see it from my front yard. Uh-huh. It's the house of that woman who like poisoned her three kids and herself. And I could see like the windows into the house, you know. Yeah, remember in Springville, the father, they found them all, like, poisoned to death in a room just last year or something? Yes. In Springville? Yes. I was at my high school party in Springville that night, and Ooh. I just would always hear back. I'm like, I drove past their house oh, going baby. home from that party, and, uh, you know? <laughs> yeah. I I got legit those feelings that you get when something like that happens in your town. Right. Right. I got those feelings from just all that whole sequence. That whole sequence. Yep. Same. Just that icky death, you know, mm-hmm. bad. Something bad really happened yeah. or is happening. Do we have a spoiler section for this one? I. Because I didn't watch it, like, on Annie's website, so I didn't see uh, Next On. I did. Yeah, we can do a little spoiler. Okay. It's all very vague. They left it very vague. I imagine. I think they kind of want people to wonder if she's dead or not. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what I saw, what I can remember. Um, but, anyway. Okay. Well, join us next week, guys. We're... <laughs> Hopefully survive this next one, too. Don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. We'll <laughs> Anybody's all, guess? <laughs> we'll all just stay in the fetal position in the mama bear bed together. <laughs> Make sure lots of windows are open. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. If you want to send feedback, you know, we got the season finale coming up. So send it to yesmotherpodcast at gmail.com. Yep. I guess that's it. <laughs> yeah. Chill your own asses. Me. Via Cundios. <laughs> <laughs> Everything Norma ever said. I know. <laughs> All the little Normaisms. Yeah. She was so cute. Mm hmm. 
very frustrating at times. Yes. All right. All right. I blew it. And if I knew what to do, then I'd do it. But the one that I have, I'll get to it. And forever for her is over for me. Forever. Just a word that she said that means never. To be with another together. And with the weight of the feather, it tore into me. Then I knew it. And all the work that it took to get through it. On the wings of a feather that flew it. showing shots of Romero trying to save Norma again and pulling her out of bed. Hmm. And then we see him cocking a gun. Huh. And we see him shoving Norman against a doorway, which looks to be at a hospital. Interesting. And then we see Norman... Oh, and then we see a shot of... A hundred police cars and ambulances outside the base residence. 
That must be what Allie saw. Yes, I was thinking that. She was seeing that. Oh, she had no idea. I know, Allie! (laughs) (laughs) What you saw (laughs) would have blown your mind. (laughs) Had you known. It was a night shot, so I'm thinking they were starting to park them. If, you know, I did think mm-hmm. of Allie, I'm like, that's what she saw. And I think they were just starting to park all the emergency vehicles so they could have a shot at night with all the lights on. Right. And it clo- the promo closes with Norman, like, laying down with, like, a emergency mask over his hmm. face. Which makes perfect sense. Sure. They're going to come. He's going to call everyone. They're going to come. Norman was in there, too, and he's going to get some oxygen well Um, and if he's in a hospital maybe norma's in the hospital well i thought of that but i also thought it could be a nice little fake out that they took norman to the hospital to oh just to check yeah but norman's standing and walking around so i'm she could be in a hospital but i think she I think they just try and don't make it. Right. But maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But, I mean, since this is a spoiler section, I'll mention it here. You know, you told me one of the shooting locations was a funeral home. Right. There was a rumor going around that the final, the finale of this season had a funeral home. There was a, they used a funeral home as a location. That was a spoiler going around. Yeah. Mhm. Mhm. But if it's not a rumor, which it's probably not. I mean, it's probably a valid. It seems pretty valid at this point. Yeah. It? <laughs> yeah. That it's got to be Norma is dead. And she could easily have been taken to the hospital. They decided, you know, she's brain dead. Right. Right. Yeah. And so in all of the interviews, they've been talking a lot, like I said. Freddie's been talking a lot. Vera and Nestor are absolutely radio silence (laughs) on social media. They were absolute radio silence on Monday, and I haven't seen anything from them since. Really? So no Twitter during the episode or anything? Nope. Nope. Interesting. People look back on that now and said, now I see why you guys weren't talking. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that was very orchestrated. Right. Um, But Freddie and Carlton and Carrie are all talking and they've done several interviews and they're saying stuff like, this is how we've always wanted it to be. We've wanted to lead up to this and then to have to tell the story afterwards and have plenty of time to do that. Hmm. So they're saying that stuff. A lot of people are saying, I'm not buying it, but I'm buying it. I'm buying it. It makes perfect sense. I think it's a great, I I think they've got a great story to tell. They do. They do. And as much as I love the idea of seeing actual Norma and I have, I've also wanted to see all of this too. Same. re-digging out and how Norman lives and talks to his mother and stuff. I I want all that. Yep. 
I do too. I think it's much more interesting than what we were talking about earlier, how we we just kind of figured she would probably die in the last episode or the one before that, and we wouldn't see any of that. Yeah, which was tragic to me. Yeah. Because I think this is a really interesting, gruesome story. It is. Yeah, I agree. I'm glad. I'm glad that they're doing it this way. I, I'm so sad that she's dead, and it was heartbreaking and horrible to watch Romero crying and trying to revive her, but... Right, and that's one of the reasons I wanted them to go together. Right. But this is very interesting that they didn't... He didn't even attempt to kill Romero, but he tried to kill himself. He, yes. The fact that this show put Norman in the spot of the boyfriend is interesting <laughs> and <laughs> delightful to some people. <laughs> it's genius. <laughs> And it works. It totally works it for them. Totally version. works. It absolutely works. And I was a lot of talk about wanting to see them die together, and that one of the reasons is because I love their love, and I mm-hmm. they can die together and not have to have a scene like Romero sobbing and saying "Come on, baby," and then just pure unadulterated grief. <laughs> yeah, I would have been spared that. But um, this, I I will step aside what I wanted and say this is great and that was genius and I can't wait to see what they do next. I can't either. I can't wait. I can't wait for Monday. Uh-uh. And then it's going to be a long ten months. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> And we're not even going to be super busy with Buffy and Angel. <laughs> I know, that's what sucks. That was such a great distraction last year. It was. <laughs> well, and last year, I mean, the season ender was him killing Bradley and, like, dumping her car. And that didn't seem as shocking. It didn't seem as like, oh, my gosh, what a, you know. Mm, no. I didn't feel. Oh, we knew. We knew she was going down. Yeah, Exactly. There was no doubt in our minds that he wasn't going to kill Bradley in the final. Right, right. So when that ended, I didn't feel this, like, urgency to, like, watch the next one. Oh, right. You know? Well, we have one more. Let's see what they do. I know, but... <laughs> then, <laughs> then there's ten months. <laughs> All right. Anyway, well, that's, Mm -hmm. I guess, all we have for spoilers. And I skipped breakfast, so I'm hungry. Yeah, let's uh, close the book. So, all right. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for the season finale. Yep. All right. All right. Oh, I've got another little mini spoiler. Oh. More stuff is going to happen with the DEA. Oh, really? They said the DEA plot's not over either. Hmm. I don't know what that means, but... Okay. Well, I'm not really surprised, but it seems like it's something that could, like, not go on much longer. 
Yeah, I just, I don't know about this Romero. I don't know how Romero fits in now. I really don't. I don't either. It's it's a really weird thing. Unless, like you said. think of them doing a whole season without him. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know how the Romero and DEA, but like you said, maybe they found Bob's body. That would be interesting. Yeah, that'd be the only thing that would bring something more interesting into the story. And if if it's just all about the money, still, I just want it to end. Yeah, I'm kind of done with it. Oh yeah, <laughs> more is happening. Yep, definitely. All right, that's all I got. All right, well, say bye to Rob for me. Mm, yeah, okay. I will. All right. I will talk to you later. Yep, see you on the flip side. Carly shell from the ocean. Shining in the sun Covering the shore When I see them My heart tells me that I love you More than all The little pearly shells Mm-hmm.